gotta fight these grubbins and save Halloween forever. You guys got your costumes ready? Yep, ready to go. Let's pummel these party poopers. For the great justice and liberty of America, I am Lady Liberty! Master of all magic, I am the wizard. The bane of teeth, but the best holiday treat, I am Candy Corn! Wait! Candy corn? Why the hell did you did you pick candy corn? Well, I didn't make it to Walmart in time, and the pickings were pretty slim. Candy corn doesn't even do anything in battle. It just sits there. And what do you mean best holiday treat? No one likes candy corn. I like candy corn. Are you sure there wasn't anything else? Anything that could be useful in battle? There had to have been something, right? Well, it was either that or the police officer costume. Why didn't you pick that one? Yeah, cops can fight better than candy corn. Oh, no, it was the sexy police costume. All it came with was a pair of booty shorts, a hat, and some handcuffs. Oh. Yeah, candy corn it is then. Hey, baby, here the game's a call-in. Backlog's growing at a long and maybe you seem a bit confused, Offy Gamers. Kev will set you straight. <laughs> but Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we are your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me as always, my podcast partner in crime, the trick to my treat, Mr. Matt Mason. Yes, back from returning my candy corn outfit. <laughs> Just well, really, that is the worst outfit. At least it wasn't a sexy police officer outfit. Touche. I'll take that one. <laughs> yes. Also with me, we have uh, Brian McCarthy. I am the wizard. Th- that is arguably <laughs> the best costume in battle. <laughs> and Sam Walker. I am Lady Liberty. Which is not I was a tra- costume. <laughs> I was that is to- the best costume in battle. I was, he was pretty good. I was trying to figure out ones that you could call out attacks the best for for that skit. I hope well, you, that worked. You picked good ones. I mean, you know, I say before we get started, let's let's have a little nostalgia of our own. Do you remember a Halloween costume that you had that you loved? Um, my I had a witch costume when I was a little kid that my sister made the cape and the little shorts for me because she she was like a huge seamstress. She could make you you give her some fabric, she could make an entire clothing line. Um, so she made me the cape and uh d- did like a cute little neon cat face on the back, and I I wore that cape like long after that Halloween was over when I was a little kid just playing around the house. That is so cute. How about you, Ryan? Did you have a Halloween costume that you liked? I remember being like really, really young and I would and I would I think for a few years I was I was the cat in the hat. Love it. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Matt? 
You know, I don't really remember dressing up that much. And I mean, I know by like fourth or fifth grade, I got a shirt that said, just give me the damn candy. And it had a battery pack on the inside and I could flip the light on. Um, <laughs> That's just like cool. a clown face. But I like I think I wore that for five years. It was like really big on me. And I'd only wear it for, you know, those two, three hours and hang it back up because you couldn't wash that shirt had all the wiring in it. But when I was about, I think, seven or eight. Um, and there's a picture somewhere at, that my parents still have. I dressed up as the co- head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I had a little buck shirt on. I walked around with a clipboard. I had like the tall white socks because, you know, this was early 80s and the, all the guys had, you know, the short kind of shorts on, short khaki shorts, and they'd be on the field with a really tight shirt and a clipboard. And I had a visor, and yeah, nobody knew who I were. <laughs> I love it. You know, I'm glad I'm not the only kid that did the obscure Halloween costume because mm-hmm. I one year I dressed as Socks the Cat, the president's President Clinton's famous cat. And I didn't realize how risky that is in a uh, red state. No. <laughs> Kelly. Of course, of course, this was the 90s. People weren't psychotic about politics back then like mm-hmm. they are now, but mm-hmm. still. I, I even had my mom be a Secret Service agent. I thought I was so clever. No no wonder I was getting strange looks. But most people thought I was just a cat. Which, hey, they take it and run. Yeah, they didn't get the joke, but that's... I, I'm just happy I'm not the only kid that did stuff like that. I love it. And I guess to answer my own question, so my favorite costume that I ever dressed up for for Halloween was actually in high school. In high school, a group of my girlfriends and I, we dressed up as the entire cast of the Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Um, And my friend actually made us wash, they were made out of wash tubs, the shells. She did them green. We had little shell lines. The only disappointment I had was I was not allowed to be Raphael. (laughs) So I had to be Donatello, and uh, that broke my heart a little bit um, because I'm a RAF stan, have been a RAF stan my entire life. Donnie's my second favorite, to be fair. We do love Donnie. Um, but yeah, we, we we won a costume contest at school because we had the four turtles and April O'Neil, and we were so proud of ourselves. No, that that would have been awesome. Gosh, I wish, I wish kids at my school would have been that cool if you would have showed up as Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Well, we realized, um, like, people thought we were fucking losers, honestly. (laughs) Ninja Turtles, really? And we were just like, yeah, Ninja Turtles, they're the best. What are you talking about? Right? And now, like, Ninja Turtles has the best resurgence ever. And I'm like, yes, it's the best. Some kids just don't know. Some kids just don't know fun. No, they don't. But, oh, my God, in the new movie, you get to see baby Raphael, and he's a fat baby. (laughs) I screamed during the movie, and my husband's like, you're being really loud. And I'm like, but he's so fat. He's a little chonk. A little chonky turtle. But, yes. Tell people what we're if you can't tell by the costume talk, we're, we're talking about Costume Quest 1 and 2. I should have been snarky and said uh, Final Fantasy X-2 since that also has costumes, but no. <laughs> um, co- costume Quest 1 and 2, a game that I think has been long overdue for a backtrack. Uh, my God, the first game came out in 2010. Yeah. Um, one of the first uh, fully digital games I actually bought back then, because I, w- I was very much into my no, no uh, physical no buy. But that one, uh, a double fine 
RPG with Halloween theme that was like, okay, I'm I'm breaking it because I have to have this game. And, and yeah, it's it's an amazing little game. It's it is joy personified in a video game, and I um, say that with the utmost love. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you're not smiling the whole time you're playing this game, you, you might need to, I don't know, get get some extra serotonin. <laughs> oh, seriously. Now, what makes Costume Quest very special in a lot of ways is it's one of the few RPGs that exists, and it is purely through the eyes of children, mm-hmm. and it actually thinks the way that children do, and that's Probably one thing I absolutely adore about the game, especially as someone who deals with children on the regular, you know, as a story time person, kids have such big imaginations. And this game takes that imagination and makes it a reality um, through the use of the costumes. And it's just so smart and clever. And that is just on top of the fact that, like, the game has phenomenal writing. Like, it's there to make you laugh. The puns are funny. The characters are adorable. The grubbins are adorable. Everything about Costume Quest is fun. And it's also a game where the fun of the gameplay, the fun of the story, never outstays its welcome. Yep. Ever. By the time it does, you're you're done with the game. Yep. Uh, mm. As somebody who trick or treated up until her first year in college, I, I appreciated the hell out of this game, and um, we're going to get into it a little bit more after the break. Um, but but yeah, Costume Quest, it's amazing. Go play it. I'm not even going to bury the lead saying it right now. Go play Costume Quest. (laughs) Um, But we'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are talking about Costume Quest 1 and 2, since they're both kind of short games. Um, The first game released on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 on November 20th, 2010, and then came to pretty much every other platform later, um, even to iOS and Android at some point. And then the second game released on uh, October 31st, actually Halloween, for uh, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Wii U. So um, second game is still easily available. And um, getting way ahead of ourselves, both games are available on Steam and a bundle for 20 bucks. And you can't go wrong with 20 bucks for these two. Um, like, like I was saying, but back in the the 2010s, when digital games were kind of a new thing, the pricing was kind of debated. And I remember this one being either either 15 or 20. The first one, at least. I think I the first one was about 20. Yeah. And I think yeah. at Costume the time... Quest, sorry, Quest 2, yeah, sorry. Costume Quest 2 is 15 on PSN. Okay. I think. okay. Yeah, because I, I actually know how to buy it because... Because the PC version doesn't do, do well on my laptop. Oh, that sucks, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I think I picked up the second one on a flash sale on PSN for all things for like 
a dollar or two, give or take, when oh, they yeah. did flash sales. Yeah, yeah. What's a flash yeah, they, sale now? <laughs> Only for a dollar? Weird. I mean, there was a guy that would come up in a trench coat and just uh, want these games for a dollar. I mean, Boom. I know you're being sarcastic, but that's more or less what it was. PSN yeah. post, post on their Twitter, uh, okay, flash sale. Um, all of these games are going to be available for a dollar, but only for the weekend. And it was, yeah. it was a lot of indie stuff. I, I kind of wonder a lot if it's of... the same one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, because um, like I had picked up the Another World for a dollar. Um, God, there's so much stuff in my PSN account that I picked up because it's like, well, it's a buck. I might as well. I'd be st- stupid not yeah. to get it. Yeah. You know, so that that's how I got into both of these games. And the, the other thing that sold me beside the whole your trick or treating in your costume is your battle gear. Um, it's Double Fine. Yes. And this is Double Fine in such a interesting period of their lives too given like what was coming out yeah uh, was it this kind of the renaissance well i would say so yeah it was yeah it was an interesting time because this was when like tim schaefer just decided to like not be like like he was still like in a in a supporting role-ish but he he wasn't like he wasn't like heading them, heading the projects. Well, that was yeah, that was it. And I mean, this game came out just before they had put out Brutal Legend, which was such a well, a year after Brutal Legend. Yeah, it was sorry, you're right. A year after Brutal Legend, you know, and like that was the last kind of big release for the time that they had made. Because after that, you got things like Stacking, which also is a fantastic game, but again, wasn't really a big budget title. Um, and Ryan, you're you're absolutely right. Like this is the period where like a lot of the indie stuff seemed to be between fifteen and twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking of the kinds of games that were coming out, um, you know, this was the beginnings of of the indie game on consoles, mm-hmm. right? Because um, I mean, I think Bastion came out the same year. Then um, they were doing those things like I remember Xbox because I I played Costume Quest on Xbox 360. And I remember it was in one of those sales where it was like, here are the hot summer indie titles. And it was like a new game was releasing every week for like oh, a month. I remember those. Yeah, because that's also how I got Bastion. And I thought that was like such a fantastic way to explore um, indie gaming. It also gave us like games like Dishwasher Samurai, uh, Charlie Mania, uh, Charlie Maniac, like there was so many cool titles. But what sets Costume Quest apart from a lot of them was just the fact that it was a sort of traditional RPG. That again, it focuses on imagination, it focuses on children, and it focuses on specifically the joys of being a kid on Halloween, which we can all relate to in a lot of ways. I mean. Uh. That's why we talked about costumes at the beginning, because we all knew what it was like to be a kid at one point. Um, Like, I just rewatched an episode of Bob's Burgers that made me laugh. It's an episode where Louise gets mad because she goes to a house and she doesn't get a piece of candy. Gene and Tina get candy, but they ran out. So the next year she goes back and she's like, by the way, you guys owe me for last year, is what she says to the family. And they're like, uh, what do you mean? She's like, well, I came here last year and you said you'd owe me candy. So pay up. <laughs> and it's like, again, you have a 10 year old girl telling a bunch of adults, you owe me candy. And it's like, yeah, that's how serious kids take Halloween. Yeah. They I don't mean, want to be gypped. 
I mean, my God, I, well, as a kid, I trick-or-treated until my legs fell off or until I filled a pillowcase. And my mom would have to be like, okay, Kel, I think we've got enough. We can, we need to wrap this up at some point. It's getting dark. I'm like, no, just one more house. I, I need one more house. Did, did anyone's parent have the ones who would try to impose the candy tax? Oh, all, all the time. They'd always say, well, I'm going to check check your candy and, you know, t- take their cut because that, that's their job as the parents is to make sure that, you know, you don't get any any razor blades in your Snickers or anything. And then they t- <laughs> they take their share. Yeah. Oh, see, we do that to our kids all the time, but my parents never did to me. There's always a tax. If they hand me like a bag of chips, I'm like, Daddy, can you open this? I'm like, Dad, tax. Boom. First chip. <laughs> yep. Yep. I've done that oh. to kids at school. Like, <laughs> hey, can you open that I up? Like, yeah, I'm going to take that the- with whatever candy tax or whatever. <laughs> but um, I mean, unabashedly, Halloween is my absolute favorite holiday. There's no question about it. It's uh, mine too. I-, I love spooky stuff. It's the only time of the year black cats get any sort of merchandise. So I end up buying all sorts of black cat plushies and PJs and that sort of thing. And the fact that the I think my God, this is one of the first Halloween themed games I can remember. I'm sure that there's a bunch of them, but I, you know, I some people consider like old Castlevanias and stuff Halloween games, and I kind of dig that. But this one being explicitly Halloween, just oh my God, it was a day one purchase. I mean, you literally get to trick or treat in the game. Mm. Uh, candy That's is your game, XP. Yeah. Yep, candy is your XP and your currency, and it's a way in which you can evolve your costumes. Like that is so smart and so creative. Because again, it's child logic. Mm. Everything in this game has child logic, and that just makes it such a fun experience. Because of course, kids see candy as currency, and of course, kids think that the costumes they're wearing would give them superpowers. I mean, in this game, the costumes literally give them superpowers. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like a kid walking around and going, let me tell you about my favorite dinosaur. If you are an adult that doesn't have a favorite dinosaur, you're not an adult. <laughs> have a favorite dinosaur. You need to be able to answer that question because if a child comes up to you and goes, what's your favorite dinosaur? And you just go, uh, T-Rex, they know you're lying. Is Velociraptor a basic baby? bitch answer it is but it's a lot more acceptable <laughs> okay hmm. I, mean, again, I don't mean to toot my own horn but i really do like the pachycephalosaurus it's a good choice again kids want to have t-rex as their favorite the adults are not allowed to have t-rex as yeah. their favorite come on now i do want to share with costume quest something that's very special to me related to rp gamer okay. um, so the year that costume quest came out was the first time I ever got to write a joint review with another staff member, hmm. which was Adrian Denouden. And I want people to go and look up our review because we wrote it as a bratty sister and brother. Oh my God. <laughs> I think entire, I remember this. The entire review was written as a bratty brother and sister to the point where we said to poor Mac, like we made a joke about how he needs to come and, you know, separate the two of us. Um, but we actually played the game together, like even with our headsets on. And it was such a wonderful experience to have with Adrian um, because it gave us the sense that when we wrote the review that we had to get the spirit 
spirit of the game right because mm-hmm. Ren and Reynold they're twins but they don't necessarily get along mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily think highly of each other in a lot of ways and depending on which sibling you pick you get very different personalities and very different responses to things that are happening in the story because I picked um, the girl I did too I picked Ren um I even wrote in the review, there's Reynold, who's a wiener, and Ren, who is awesome, and they're eager to go out trick-or-treating, <laughs> but neither wants to go out with each other. And then their mom makes an executive decision uh, as to who is in charge for that evening, and then they are set on route to go collect candy and meet their neighbors. Except meeting the neighbors means meeting Grubbins, who are out to steal all the candy to feed their overlord. Whichever child the player does not choose as their main character is kidnapped by the Grubbins. All because they mistake them for a giant piece of candy corn. <laughs> but that's it. Like, just, it's so, it's such a fun game. And when you have a friendship with somebody where you have, like, a sibling relationship, it makes this game even just a little more powerful. Because you recognize the absurdity of being a kid who loves Halloween. So, And, and, and the fact that the villains are villains, but not you know, necessarily evil, evil villains, more like cartoon villains, kind of settles that this is supposed to be a fun game. Yes. That you're not really supposed to take the story that seriously. Well, I mean, there's, you can be a unicorn in the game. Hmm. The unicorn was not good, I remember, but I insisted that I needed to have it in my party because (laughs) I love unicorns. I am an adult who has a unicorn party at work because I want to dress up as a unicorn and the children also want to dress up as unicorns. It's the best. No, but like, sound like fun. the first game had really fun costumes. Like there was a robot, there was a vampire, there was yeah. Lady Liberty. Lady Liberty was ridiculously good. <laughs> yes, I, I had Lady Liberty the entire game. Like, I did too. I didn't, I did not change Lady Liberty um, just because her attack of, uh, well, the fact that she heals is mm-hmm. so helpful yes. because yeah. this is one of those games where like, oh boy, the hit detection once in a while was not your friend. <laughs> yeah. So this had Mario RPG combat. Yes. Um, at least they give you a little reticle to kind of count down. Um, so, so that you can, you know, t- time the hit better as opposed to like mm-hmm. uh, Sea of Stars where you've got to look for the perfect frame. Um, I was playing Costume Quest 2 and Sea of Stars at the same time, just so you know. <laughs> um, yeah. so, so getting the timing right is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, I think one, they specifically, they, they would just have you a prompt say, press this button. Yeah. Uh, two is the one that has the receptacle. Oh, okay. I've, it's been literally a decade since I played the first one, and I didn't get a chance to boot it back up, unfortunately. But yeah, all the costumes have such unique skills, and the fact that the game lets you sort of mix and match to kind of make your party, is it's really great. Yeah. Um, again, the unicorn uh, can revive you if you die. Um, one of my personal favorites was the French fries, just mm. because I just love the concept of here's my kid walking around in an ugly French fry costume. <laughs> was the French fry good? Not really. I don't uh, think I ever used it in battle. I know you had to use it to lure people around on the overworld, but God, okay, I don't even know uh, if I ever got a battle yeah. in it. It, it. it has a really crappy attack, which is like, it just stuns enemies for a turn. So it wasn't really useful, but um, I'm one of those idiots where if I think something's adorable, I don't care how useful it is. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way. 
I'm the exact same way. I, I will use terrible characters in an RPG because they're a cat and I don't care about min-maxing. Yeah. I just want to have the cats or any cute character. And here so. I spent 15 hours in Dragon Quest Eight with all of, or Dragon Quest Nine with all of my characters wearing a fucking pumpkin head. It looked absolutely ridiculous. But man, I bought that armor on that DLC store or the virtual console that you could <laughs> yeah. buy. And <laughs> I was going to use all of them all the time. They looked so bad half the game. And I'm like, oh, but damn it. I wanted that 15 plus 15 helmet. Yep. Nope. That's it, right? Like, stupid costumes can make a video game just so much more fun for no reason. I mean, I think back to playing Tails and putting the plushies on all the characters' heads. Oh, we, we, talk, yes. we talked about this in Trails and in Arise that don't give me costumes because every cutscene, everybody's going to be wearing uh, cat ears and aviator shades. Yeah, and then it's going to look ridiculous yep. while they have their cutscenes. But, but yes, I don't care. Are. Yep. Again, this is why I like the plushies on the heads and tails, because it just looks so stupid having a serious conversation. But it's like, look, he has a Mila plushie on his head. But it's funny. Dude. <laughs> We're having a talk about going to war and there's one in a bikini and one yep. with the uh, just wearing like their casual wear and <laughs> just yeah, where's costume quest just tells everybody's you. anywhere yeah you can just pick whatever you want to wear and there's no judgment here it's judgment free zone because you're a kid and you're just like i want to wear this giant pumpkin head or i want to be a space warrior or i want to be a box robot um and that's the one thing like when i look at the costumes in this game there's like the whole the per, the perception of the costumes or sorry it's the expectation versus reality moment where you got to love that the reality is you're wearing an ugly box for your robot um but you know you feel like you are in fact a robot mm-hmm. i'm very mad because as an adult one of the things i wanted to do was if i had ever gotten a fridge box or a toilet box i wanted to make a scan grade costume from clone high <laughs> and then i realized i'm like how would i transport that places but i really just wanted to run around and go i am scan grade be magnificent <laughs> and like really this, this game inspires me because for that idea because it's like i am a giant child i'm walking around in a box but also i think it's the greatest thrill of my life it's like the people who used to make their kids costumes for like playing cards but they were just made out of like bristol board (laughs) which i totally had one of those there was a year where i dressed up as a library card for work and that's all i did i had a sandwich board that's actually really funny, though. Oh, yeah, no, it was it was this, the crappiest costume, but I didn't care because I was having a lot of fun. Could I do my job that day? No, I couldn't reach around things to, like, you know, type on a computer. <laughs> I've worn a lot of ridiculous costumes, okay? I also wore a minion costume for our minion party. There are photos of me dressed as a dry, giant minion. Is that I one of those inflatable see- ones? Um, it wasn't inflatable. Like, this oh. one was made out of... Like, I, I couldn't even tell you, but I got to find the picture. But uh, it's fantastic, like, because my boss goes, go around the library and do your library tasks as a minion. <laughs> and again, I couldn't reach my arms around to type on a computer. But I did behave like a minion for a chunk of the day. I just walked around and made the noises because I was like, I'm in a minion costume. This is fantastic. Uh, as, as many of the listeners can tell, I have a job where I get to do imagination time. It's kind of swell. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty cool job. Thank you. If I could dress up as a giant box of french fries, I would. 
Um, so, so getting back to the games, the other brilliant thing about the costumes isn't just that they turn into whatever they are in battle, but they also are map uh, traversal or have map traversal abilities. Yeah. Some um, do. Yes, yeah, some do. Some do. Not enough. Um, At least when, not when, in the first. I only played the first, so I was uh, I was always that. Uh, what is it? What's the basic one you start off with? The knight because yeah. he got the rollerblades. Yeah. Yep. yep. I was always rollerblading. I'm like, no, I'm not walking around this town. Yeah, the second one had traversal abilities too, and they were. Yeah. I feel like they were much more varied. Um, yeah. Yeah. The and mummy, the, like the mummy, went over wires. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, I'm sorry, the pharaoh. The um, what was the one that could see footprints? Um, I'm the, pretty the, sure the wizard. I think. Yeah, the, the wizard yeah. could see footprints and, and light up things. Yeah. Uh, I I just played this and now I'm blanking on all of them. But I I thought that the traversal stuff was very clever. Well, again, it was a good way to kind of again have your child logic with your crazy imaginative story like mm-hmm. the people who created costume quest clearly wanted to make sure that people had that feeling of like childhood nostalgia going trick-or-treating but also still giving you that big that big wow factor that comes with being a kid and thinking everything's kind of amazing mm-hmm. um and i think like i i do wish more games would tap into that in some cases because I think it's hard to capture something like that and make it something that feels very genuine, which Mm -hmm. is what I do love about Costume Quest is there is such a a genuine, there's such a cozy, there is so much humor. And again, you play the second game and you get to dress up as a giant hot dog. (laughs) The hot dog has a multi-attack, but it's great. Or you get to be a pterodactyl or you have to be Thomas Jefferson. Um, like who would want that as a costume, but it was also really funny. Um, and I, I feel like costume quest is just, it's one of those games that just deserves a third game first off, but also just deserves the games to be re-released so that, you know, kids who are, let's say Matt's age could enjoy it. My kids loved watching it. They, I, I beat the first one completely in one night, and like it was drawing them in from watching X Men or something, <laughs> and then staying up later because they wanted to keep seeing what was going on. They, they loved it. Um, I, I wonder if they would like watching the second one because of all the different places you go to in this, the second one. Um, I had a hard time getting the second one working on my computer. Oh, I don't know what God, it was yeah. about it. Yeah, I think I think the specs are higher. Yeah, um, I I am also surprised that it, as much as limited run has done stuff that I don't think that they've done a special edition for these two. No, and I think they are worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they are something that I think you could share with other generations, and I think there would be an appreciation and. They're games that don't outstay their welcome, which I think is important. It's important to note because I think we're at a stage again with games where, especially indie games, where I think indie games are trying to make themselves longer than they necessarily need to be, mm-hmm. but not being concise enough for that to matter. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can beat Costume Quest in like five hours, let's say, and that's being generous, you probably beat it in less time. But there's nothing in it that makes the game feel bloated or um, it feels like it doesn't belong. Every piece is sharply put together 
and everything connects well. You're playing a game that is just so well packed. Um, so yeah, pay, paying let's say fifteen dollars at the time for a five hour game, eh, like we all kind of had those moments of like, was it worth it? And I think Costume Quest absolutely was um, worth the $15. But I also see where other people would be coming from, given how short it is. But I'd rather play something short and succinct, and that actually, like, everything works well together than paying $15 for a game where, like, there's clearly a lot of bloating and padding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in in both games, if you're trying to find all of the hidden items and stuff, that's going to increase your time a little bit. That's why it took me uh, most of uh, Labor Day to finish Costume Quest 2, because I wanted to find all the costume pieces and um, all of the hide-and-seek kids. Uh, oh, man. Uh, there are other collectibles too that I'm I'm blanking on, but I, I basically wanted the candy, to the cards with the oh, candy yeah. types on it. Yeah, I didn't hundred percent those um, because that would have taken a lot of grinding, uh, grinding candy. But I I still got pretty up there. I at least got every single one of the costumes. But um, yeah, try, trying to one hundred percent those uh, will, will increase the time, and I think. They were. I don't think indie games had platinum trophies back then, but I did, did get not. all the trophy. I did get all the trophies for Custom Quest One. I think I got it for both games, and I was very fortunate. Um, I believe I was the one who wrote the DLC review that we did for Grubbins on Ice, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic uh, addition to the first game and highly worth playing just for the additional costumes that you get which are Pirate, Eyeball, and Yeti. And you get, like, this cute storyline about, you know, just, we're going to have an I- sort of ice capade thing. And it's like, it's so dumb. But the Grubbins are so dumb. So you kind of love them for being so dumb. Um, but it was a good DLC pack. And I remember, I remember like, the price point when it came out was a little was a little iffy. I think it was, like, close to 10 bucks, if I recall. It was at least between 5 and 10 and I have no memory of buying the DLC, and I did yeah. not get a chance to boot up my PS3 to I, check. I, I'm pretty sure it's just included in the first game if you buy it on PC, I'm pretty sure. Which is fantastic, and I'm very yeah. happy that that's just something people have access to, because ye old days of, well, I gotta buy this DLC to attach the thing, oh, that sucked, did not like, kind of glad yeah. we're, like, yes, you, we still have some of that. But yeah. I think in the uh, the 2010s there, man, it was brutal. Because I remember, like, here's Dragon Age Awakening DLC on a disc. And it's like, <laughs> this is dumb. And also, no. Um, I mean, they probably did it like that because that's how PC expansions used to work back in yeah. the day. Oh. And, yeah, exactly. I don't doubt it. Now, at what point in time does Grubbins on Ice take place? Because I could have sworn that it took place at Christmas. I believe it's a Christmas story. Oh, okay. I, I believe it's like in winter. I, yeah. I'm not okay. sure if they say Christmas or whatever. And then the first game takes, or the second game takes place immediately after Grubbins on Ice. Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Um, and we haven't gotten to this, the best part about, well, at least what I think the best part about the second game is, that the villain is a dentist. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We had an evil witch in the first game and the dentist in the second one, and the dentist was fabulous. 
because uh, he comes off as kind of a creepy guy in the present. And then there's t- there's time travel where you meet your parents as kids, and then your friends you meet as adults who have their own kids, which the the kids themselves are kind of shocked at. Um, and, and you and you mess with the timeline, and the dentist has taken over the town and outlawed Halloween. But you've got a nice little un- underground rebellion where. There's a couple of candy speakeasies in the sewers that you have to get the password for. Yes, that's right. Which yeah, is some of the funniest? Some of the funniest stuff. No, that I I forgot about that bit, and that is that is fabulous. <laughs> the the villain two is better for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like the witch was fine, and yeah, which was but, fine, but she didn't have the same kind of humor. And the one in Grubbins on Ice was um it was like a repug repugins. It was like just they were pig monsters, yeah. I'm pretty it, sure. Yeah, it was yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those like what uh, I think it was like one of those like bird one. I think the I think the final boss was like that bird one and big Oh boss. yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I just I'm like I'm trying to I was trying to remember I'm like, I know I played this, but it was like this was weird. <laughs> And this was yeah. also the, the Grubbins on Ice was weird because you didn't play as uh, Reynold and Ren. You played as their friends, uh, Everett and Lucy, um, because you were helping to find um, Reynold and Ren. So there was that element, which was kind of different. Well, I think too. I think like one is you're finding. I think one. I, wait, I think that I think Grubbins on Ice is the one where where I think Lucy gets captured and then. Yeah. Is it Lucy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. reading you're right. It is Lucy. Lucy gets kidnapped. But except like she's not actually like a damsel in distress because she huh. also is like, I'm gonna find out like the science behind this big bones right. and I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how to beat him. And because the big bones wants to eat her, that's what it is. Because mm. <laughs> he, he's a child eater. Yeah, he's that's what it was. Oh man, I forgot this game was all about like child murder through eating. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound right when you say it aloud. Once again, hearkening well, back to that he, era he just when really wants his candy. Does hearkening back to that era when kids media wasn't afraid to actually go dark and scare children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. which I miss very much. Uh, well, I mean, it's still round. It's just I don't know. Look, but we have Bluey though. You yeah. know. Well, yeah, Louie talks about serious subject matters. Oh, I know. And that I've makes watched Louie fantastic. I, I've watched Bluey. It, it covers ADHD and autism. It's it's awesome. Oh. We need more Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 anyway, get, getting getting back to the sequel. So I love that the first area of the game in the sequel is uh the Bayou. Yep. In the past and. You meet with the dentist kid as a kid who's wearing a huge retainer. He st- he steals your candy bucket, and you go to talk to his mom, and his mom just like freaks out at you because you dare to have candy. Um, so you can see exactly why the poor dentist kid is damaged. Yeah, I you really get the impression that yeah, he, he, the dentist kid pretty much grew up and it. Can, the abusive household, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and how could he not, given how crazy everyone in his life is? Mm-hmm. 
and you could tell that he repressed this memory pretty bad because later on in the game, you go to this uh, hidden warehouse that he had set up, and he sets up a whole neighborhood with robots that he can trick or treat with. Oh. So, sorry, I spoiled the game for you, but that, that's kind of an important. That's okay. I don't think I'm getting it working on my PC. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's kind of an interesting yeah. character moment when you realize, well, all he wanted, really wanted, was to just have his, have Halloween and be a normal kid. Yeah. And in that particular section, you have to go trick or treating to find robot parts so that you yeah. can uh, turn into a robot, or you can have a robot costume to get into the research facility. Yeah, I remember like with Costume Quest Two, definitely like there was more fantastical elements. Like definitely like the places where the kids would end up were so like not typical. I know that's not the right word, but I mean I think back to the first game where you know you were going through the mall and the neighborhood, <laughs> and the second game's like you're going through a bayou and the sewers. <laughs> like again, they they upped their creativity for how they wanted you know, the characters to explore the world around them. And I, I really did like that change with Costume Quest 2. Like, it was just such an interesting addition because, again, it just adds to the imagination and the creativity um, in terms of your exploration. Yeah, because cause in, the, in the dark future where Candy is outlawed, you kind of start explore a part of the city that's overrun by monsters. And one of the side quests, or yeah, I think one of the side quests is uh, running around convincing these nightclub owners to change their signs. And it ends up being kind of a triple cross because the guy that set you up on the quest was just trying to get his sign up the entire time. Yeah, you're right. And it was just a very interesting little side quest kind of going into the politics of these these monsters. And in the meantime, you're also trying to find the werewolf kid's costume using the... Uh, yeah. The, the, the costume that can see footprints and you're basically chasing these footprints all over the neighborhood and you end up right back where you started yeah um, could you upgrade the costumes in the previous game no no okay. i don't think so because in the second you can upgrade game them in the second yeah, yeah. um Oh, and the upgrade. Be, yeah, you can buy them from the grubbin guy. Yeah, so, th so there's a grubbin guy in a trench coat that sells you the trading cards, but also yeah. sells you the upgrades. Uh, and the upgrades are kind of themed to the costume. God, like, I, I love that he's he, like he's just like he's like fucking hiding shit in his coat. Yeah, yeah. Like, but he's like, like, hey, like, do you want? Hey, do I got wares? Like, uh, what are you buying? And you're like, oh god. Uh, uh, but the, the upgrades are kind of funny, like. For the candy corn, the quote-unquote upgrade is just a chocolate stripe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. One, one of the best ones, though, is the werewolf costume upgrades yeah. with, with the Letterman jacket. Yeah, the little jacket. Um, the Pharaoh so, one has the giddy ears, Kelly. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I forgot that. Um, but, but when it did that, I'm like, oh, you're doing a teen wolf thing. I see what you did there. No I mean, one the under... Uh, go ahead. No, the hot dog becomes a Chicago style hot dog. Oh right, yeah, that was that was pretty uh. funny too. No, I was just thinking, no kid under ten is going to get the Teen Wolf reference, but I still appreciate. You're allowed to stand by it. Yeah, well, <laughs> Teen Wolf was a fun show. Hmm. So I, I was just I was just remembering the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the Teen Wolf reference because I'd never seen it. So, uh, 80s kid, Mike Michael J. Fox was everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't really grow up with that because before my time. Um, but yeah, all the little upgrades to the costumes. But oh yeah, the the upgrade to the wizard costume is um, you go from gray to white. Yep, you are Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I also love because if you pre-ordered the game um, you got some of the old costumes from the first game with upgrades so like the eyeball becomes an infected eyeball <laughs> you also could get oh. Sackboy in the Playstation version Yep, there was a Pumpkin yes. King and a Bicorn um, and that's, that's just a nice little like throwaway bit for people who played the first game just like mm-hmm. here you go here's your costumes from the first game with new abilities and new elements there was also the floss bot he tells you to floss <laughs> it's very cute flossing is important but i have a water pick because i hate it yeah i also have a water pack <laughs> Like, I have a water pick. I have, like, a toothbrush, electric toothbrush with water pick. Yeah. um, Like, like it's literally literally incorporated in it. I I tell people it's basically a power washer for my mouth because I can't stand how floss feels. Yeah, I I can't do flossing. Um, But anyway, sorry, I digress. (laughs) This is the floss cast. (laughs) (laughs) The floss cast. So let's see. We get into the costumes and the villains. What I feel like I'm missing something. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. There's something we haven't discussed. Um, the, the music is very uh, cartoonish. Yeah, it's got that. Yeah, it's got that. Like, how do I put this? Like, very. Yeah. Um, cartoony but kind of spooky. I got Saturday morning cartoon vibes off of like how yeah. the visuals that, and like, the sounds were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. that horror comedy for kids thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will say I was kind of surprised at how basic the, the visuals looked on the kids in the sequel. It wasn't as exciting. Um, they, I mean, that, and I know that they did that because they had to put it on on both the old system and the new system, and you don't really notice it when you see the kids from far away, like pretty much the entire game but seeing them up close it was kind of like ah this is giving me ps2 graphic vibes uh, i mean i don't i don't mind that that much because i'm i'm weird like that okay but i mean I'm, then I'm, I'm a i'm a freak with that shit so <laughs> I, I honestly I'm just like yes more more low poly shit please oh That's i can't awesome. go back to ps1 because i can't do poly boo ps1's good <laughs> it's all yours. It's all yours. Um, but but the battles look so great, mainly because the characters in the battles are so expressive. Well, yeah. everything's larger than life. That's, yeah, this... I think, really what makes the battles so special is, again, dumb kid logic of, I am a giant robot! Look at me be giant spinning robot! That, that robot is cool. The robot is bitching, okay? It is bitching, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, one of my greatest joys in my job is literally walking around with children going, are you a giant T-Rex? Yeah! <laughs> and again, I get to yell in the library going, we're T-Rexes! Rah, 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 and people are just like, what the fuck are they doing? And I'm like, we're T-Rexes, fuck off. You want us to uh, sing the dinosaur song for you? We'll fucking do it. <laughs> well, at least it's not Baby Shark. 
Baby Shark is my unfortunate during, uh, if I have to do song and dance time, it's the first song I have to play or else, you know, there is baby murder. Yeah, (laughs) I've definitely had to hear it a few times because because my cousin's, my cousin's daughter, because my cousin's daughter, I don't know. Well, that's it. Baby Shark is, uh, it is a thing. Yeah. You accept it. Um, but it is not. We it are the dinosaurs. That it's, it exists. Yeah, but it's not any of the cool dinosaur songs that exist. Um, I wish there was more cool robot songs for kids, but there isn't, and that makes me really, really sad. Need to pass down the love for robots to children. I do. I do. Well, I need to find a giant box so I can dress up as Scangrade and scare the children. <laughs> I'm still stuck on this. I'm like. What kind of crappy costume can yep. I make yep. <laughs> for Halloween? Pass down the, the love of robots and aliens. We need to do that. It's our oh, mission. Yeah. I will work on this and come back with Thank story. You. I'm sure. Thank you. Thank I you. Will, I will support the children and their needs for robots. <laughs> did you guys find the ultimate costume in two? I did not. Um, that I that is the solar system. Yeah, I wanted I to not. find that. Yeah, I didn't find any of the pieces for that. Um, it has something to do with that giant tree that you have to grow from the past to the future. Okay, yeah. I see. I I, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, I had to look up a guide to figure out what you were supposed to do with that. Um, I but even, I don't even think I fucking saw any any of that tree stuff. But th- that being said, the the solar system's ultimate is basically like Sephiroth's ultimate, where it just destroys the whole world. I love it. I, I love it too. That's 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 terrific. Because <laughs> you know the the kid was thinking that when they built the costume, like I'm going to be the ultimate attack of a bad guy in in a fi- in a Final Fantasy game. Or, or maybe not. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Yeah, yeah, like like those fucking Final Fantasy limit breaks. Yeah, like Doom, like Doom Train or whatever. Mm-hmm. Look, if we could all figure out how to make a Doom Train costume, we all would. God, yes. And then we have need someone... many friends to help with it. Um, to be the caboose and the front. Uh, also, I'm not it on the caboose. I'm too hot to be the caboose. So <laughs> somebody else has got to be the caboose. <laughs> But but then also uh, have someone just as sob and suplex us. Well, that's it. You know, why hasn't anyone cosplayed Doom Train and then gone to a con to find a Sabin for me? Because that would be the best. Well, I <laughs> fake suplex this train. People are creative. Why are we so smart? <laughs> we never figure out how to make this work now. See, now Costume Quest has inspired, like, the stupidest ideas that I just, I need to make a reality, but I don't know how to make a reality we need to figure this out now and then maybe ask chris to be like so chris um you need to be the train and i get to be sabin the the next packs i don't think i can afford it it. oh darn i don't think i don't i don't think he would be the train (laughs) i think he'd be really upset you know what just for you guys i'm gonna find a fridge box and write doom train on it (laughs) and i'll put some like straps on it and then I'll just walk around my neighborhood like, what are you supposed to be? I'm like, I'm the doom train. Who's going to suplex me? And then people are like, mm, I think you're scary and I'm going to call 911 now. And I'll be like, you do that. I'm the doom train. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Sometimes you got to do things just to abuse yourself. Absolutely. Yes. No other reason. 
Look, we had a year where we had a bunch of boxes and we had kids make their own drive-in cars for a fake drive-in movie. It was God. the best. <laughs> I got to make my own box and my librarian just looked at me and she was like, do you fit? And I'm like, not really, but I'm really enjoying my car that I made. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I remember in elementary school, like we it, during gym, we'd have we'd like sometimes have like this like fake town where we just like fucking ride these like fuck those fucking flat car things, and then there would just be like here's this closet for a fake movie theater, and then a bunch of other it's shit. The best, it's the best. Yeah, like I want to have this level of creativity, like not just in my real life some days, but in my video games. And yeah. like now that we're talking about Costume Quest, I'm like, I really want to replay Costume Quest. But I also want to like share Costume Quest with more people because I feel like it would just remind them of a simpler time um, in especially given how strenuous the world is right now. Mm-hmm. Like having a good reminder of just to be a big kid is it's so much fun. And I think we need more of that. Well, let me let me tell you something, because I, I, I know that there's a bit of ageism going on with Halloween where people think that it's just for kids. And if you're a teenager, you should not trick or treat. And I'm like, no, if, if any age can trick or treat. I mean, oh, I mean granted, sure. it's a little bit frowned upon with adults, but if you come to my house and wearing, wearing a costume, you're going to get some candy because I don't mm-hmm. judge. You know, it, it, it's not about kids and adults. It's about having a good time and you know, getting to be whatever you want. When I was growing up, um, I had a parent who loved Halloween and a parent who hated Halloween. <laughs> my father used to buy full giant bags of Chips Ahoy cookies for the neighborhood kids. And that's what he would give out at Halloween. He would also, whatever candy we bought, he would give like double or triple to all the random kids. And my mom would be like, you do realize like that's all we have. He's like, well, then I'm going to go out and buy some more. Uh And he'd go out and buy more candy. And there would just be so much of it. And he didn't care because he knew how much my mom hated Halloween that he was like, no, I need to make this spectacular for the kids who do love it. Yeah. And I used to get jealous. I'd be like, why am I not getting a full bag of cookies? He's like, because you live here. I'm like, well, I want one. And he was like, no. He's like, this is for the neighborhood kids. And I'd be like, but what about me? He's like, I can buy you your own damn cookies. <laughs> I can buy you cookies anytime you want. That's it. And the neighbors would get, like, they would both laugh at him and, like, get mad at him because they'd be like, Phil, you can't be giving, like, full bags of cookies to, like, my kids. And he's like, I can and I will. Also, here's $20 <laughs> to UNICEF. He would give out 20s to the kids with the god. UNICEF boxes. Oh my god. And he didn't think about how much it cost. He was just like, Here you go, child. Here's 20 bucks. Um, typical Italian bullshit, but I mean, it was the funniest thing. And again, my mom would go, so how much of your allowance did you just spend on UNICEF? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so like, if you were a kid that grew up having to deal with my dad, my God, you were spoiled. You were spoiled. And that's why like for years we would get people coming back to our house. Cause they knew, they knew like he would give the goods um and then as i was an adult i got so mad because i'd buy all this candy and then have less kids coming to my door and i'd be like what the shit is this and i had to eat it all which i mean it's not the worst thing but then i didn't get to see cute kids in cute costumes which was kind of depressing yeah last year i think i had maybe three kids come to my house and it wasn't even that cold out Um, that's just depressing i mean i i 
sit out on the porch and I, I pull up uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror on my tablet and I just watch that in between kids and play my Switch. And mm. I, I love seeing their cute little costumes and stuff. And unfortunately, I just it's been less and less every year. And, and I wonder if COVID sort of killed it. Maybe. I mean, now you, but Kelly, now that you know that uh, Costume Quest has an Amazon show, maybe that's oh. what you need to watch this Halloween. Yes, because I, I, I am getting a little sick of Treehouse of Horror except for maybe the Shinning episode which is my favorite episode the Shinning you want to get sued <laughs> which is well and between that and no TV and no beer make home or something something go crazy don't mind if I do <laughs> oh Every time I crack up at that. Every time. I also love the one where Willie dies. And the, the, my favorite quote from that is lousy smarch weather <laughs> because of the misprinted calendars. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'm going to probably do the same thing and rewatch a bunch of old Simpsons episodes and I'm not going to care. I'm going to think it's the greatest thrill of my life. I mean, we we have a rule. We only watch up to season 10 in our house. Um, we don't trust zombie Simpsons, so yeah. Uh, season ten, God. Um, uh, that... don't, uh, Sam, don't you know it? It's it gets bad. Season nine. <laughs> ah, it's true, but look, I'm, one I'm, of I'm the best be, episodes. I'm joking. Still... I'm joking here. <laughs> one of the not... best episodes before Zombie Simpsons is the one where they have the movementarians. Okay, <laughs> that cult episode is one of the best interpretations of a cult ever. How are we gonna get through to him? Na 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 fishing. <laughs> Okay, we'll just do na 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 leader, <laughs> leader, Batman. I oh, I, no, I do that sometimes. Once again, th- things I only do to amuse myself. Yep. Yep. Um, I I think we're we're done with the game unless we have anything else. Since we're going into Simpsons episodes, I I knew it was going to be. Oh, kind I, of a short- I got lots of stuff we didn't talk about. What about the mini games? What what do we got mini game uh, wise? What do you guys uh, like? Bobbing for apples. Uh, this is Bobbing the only one I remember. Cute. That that was my jam, man. I, I was racking up points on that. You loved those. You were into I it. That. Yep. And spe- speaking of things that won't survive COVID, you probably don't do bobbing for apples much at parties anymore. Probably not. Uh, no. I, uh, I'm not even sure. I'd be. I'd actually bring myself to do bobbing for apples even before COVID. Uh, I mean, as a kid, nothing bothered yeah. bothered me. But as an adult, the idea of you know sticking your face in water where people's uh, other people's slobber was like uh yeah <laughs> that was a no bueno for me yeah um i can't remember if costume quest do had had any mini games or not uh hmm. i'm trying to think i know i know i played this recently i should be remembering better than i am uh, uh, all right mini games so. was there mini games well, I mean, they brought the hide and seek children back, but the, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's a, no, it's not a mini game. But there was a there was the clown horn, which wasn't really a mini game, but it was still really silly. Yeah, you, ha- really you dumb actually have yeah. to. Yeah, you actually have to use that at a quest at one point because. You know what achievements will uh, tell me. <laughs> well, you're looking that up. I got a question. So in the second one, what were were the save spots like the first game? Oh, uh, what do you, what, what yeah. do you mean? And that? I wonder if that was patched in because, Sam, I read your review while we were talking tonight. And yeah. your review says there was no manual save. But yeah, you know, I was so you know, weird by here that. we are 14 years later. There was yeah. manual saves in yeah, the PC version. OK, so you went yeah, that, to uh, that they had, uh, phone boxes because I don't. Yeah, I, I always remember those being there. But you know what? 
they must have been patched in because when Adrian and I played both of these, like we wrote the reviews like together and they came out on release. That I do remember. Um, mostly because we had a really nice email from like the Double Fine staff about how funny they were. But yeah, no, I the first game for sure when I played it did not. The second one, my review clearly says apparently it didn't, but again, it's such an old game at this point that maybe it did get added in. I mean, we've seen weirder. Yep. I just love the save boxes because you would call the police yeah. and the police are like, oh, yes, quote. Oh, yeah, the monsters. Oh, yeah, we'll take care of them. Yeah. Beep. We'll, we're taking care of them. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the good lines. And I kept seeing that so many times because I would save every time I saw one of those. I love it. I, That's I really fantastic. Do love, love how we're just fuck. We're just fucking admitting the cops are fucking useless. Yep. <laughs> um, we actually have a Simpsons quote in one of the reviews, which is can't sleep. Clowns will eat me. <laughs> because I, I remember when I played the second game, I, in general, I don't like clowns. Um, I generally find them pretty creepy uh, unless their name is Jimbo, the drag clown um, or Bozo. I don't like clowns, but I remember the one in costume quest, like had a particular creepiness to it that I was just like, whenever the game was like, use the clown costume, I'm like, fuck, you know, <laughs> see, I use the clown costume, uh, I'm spoiling stuff for the round table, but I, I use the clown costume for the majority of the game. Yeah. Because, I, I uh, clown- yeah, I did too. It, it had the best heel in my yeah. opinion. Oh yeah. No, it, it totally did. I just, uh, yeah. and also, don't like clowns. also and if you had, if you, if you're using the clown costume for one of the party members and it, it, it would fucking got that, that there, there was like a sound effect that would play during the victory screen was it like a if, no, no, it was like, yeah i think it was just a little horn noise you'd figure okay. um I, i'll get into my favorite thing about the clown costume during the round table that that's what i won't spoil um and, and see uh i don't yeah, I, I don't think I played the DLC, so I didn't get the eyeball costume. That's the one that would have creeped me the hell out. Because I, I don't like eyeballs. They, they, they unnerve me a little bit, we'll, we'll say. What, um, the eyeball or yeah. the clown? No, no, eyeballs. Eyeballs oh, yeah. creep me out. Uh, you know, the eyeballs my uh, horrible jam. We used to have a, uh, over by Disney World, there used to be a place called Circus World growing up in the 80s. And my parents would, if I did anything wrong, they're like, you better, you know, act better. We're getting in the car. We're taking you to Circus World. Because that was like the worst thing I could ever imagine was going to some place with a whole bunch of clowns. <laughs> yeah. I, forgot I, got, I got threatened by going to a theme park. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that's sad, Matt. Yes, yes. But you know what, Matt? If you ever do get the chance to play a costume quest too, there's also the quest about Thomas Jefferson because you get a Thomas Jefferson costume. I did see that. Yes. And it's brilliant. I forgot yeah, how so- funny that side quest was because that was one of the few ones where you had to use the costume in order to deal with some diplomacy issues. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, I, I've got to figure cost- that out because the game worked. The game loaded up, but holy crap, like connecting to my controller was a mess. And it would just like scroll through stuff, and I, I, I don't know what was going on. I tried for an yeah. hour last night, and oh yeah, that's not, like, that's nope. not the issue I had. The, the issue was just, it just ran like shit. Yeah. yeah, you guys are just making me sad. I know that's that that Hey, listen, I, it I've got, I've got no good PC. I want you to play it. Yeah, because I I will admit, well, the first game is cute. The set the second game just 
up, ups at a notch in both story and gameplay and just yeah. overall think, humor. Yeah, like I think it's interesting because it's not like it's not like some overhaul. It's just like some tweaks that just really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I wish that they would do a like they did with the Evolution Worlds games for the the Dreamcast and just make these into like one big game, you know, where where the first game is basically your tutorial for the second game. Yeah, I could see that working. I mean, I could, it would just be nice to have a new costume quest in general. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I'd be fi- I'm fine with what we got, actually, but... Hmm. No, I know. It just if, if they wanted to put out a physical release or something... And yeah, sure. Back, oh, sure. That's how I would want to see it, is just make it one big game. See, I feel like it would be great to have a third story, just to see what kind of dumb crap they would come up with. Because Again, because it's double fine, it's like I trust them to... To just make another really silly story, because again, I think that's all I wanted when I played it the first, like the first time, it was yeah. just I want to laugh and I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And again, an RPG based on Halloween, who would have thought to do that other than Double Fine? Oh, th- oh, yeah, uh, there definitely Z-Boid. needs to be more Halloween games. Well, that's a Z-Boyd is the only other, <laughs> the only other one. But there's yeah, my Christmas here. one. <laughs> Yeah, Look, yes, true. Cthulhu, 100%. Cthulhu and Christmas was a thing I didn't know I needed in my life, and then it happened. And now I just am like, he's the worst mall Santa in the world, but I can't stop laughing. Anytime he tells the children, it's like, I don't know what this is, but also, like, you could just join the darkness instead. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've got like anything else to say about costume quests other than just like please please play them. They're so fun. They will make you smile. Like uh, and we just need more cute games that make you smile. Uh oh yeah, 20- Ta- you know, we bring up Z-Boyd and like yeah. That, I think that's why I love those games so much. I mean, it's not like hard what is it a uh, hardcore like stressing out save the world kind of whatever just a goofy even if you are saving the world with Cthulhu it's just goofy like whatever but yeah comedy for what it's worth I mean I get why there is an aversion to making comedy games and it's just because comedy is hard and if it doesn't land mm-hmm. like you have mm-hmm. such a uncomfortable kind of reaction and if it's questionable humor well then you have to run the risk of dealing with people going hey this is just beyond inappropriate what is wrong with you and i think z void and double fine have always done such a good job of finding that balance uh in the absurd Mm -hmm. and they use absurdity to kind of um make their stories work and they never get to a point where they cross a line in any way because they're just showing you how stupid a situation can be. Again, making a game about magical girls and Shakespeare, two things I never would have guessed go together, but <laughs> they did. And it was really it funny. It feels like and, they just spun a couple little spinners like, hey, what are our people going to be? <laughs> a I protagonist mean, but, spinner on this side and literary some, theme on this side and boom. As someone who, you know, went to school for English literature, and I mean, I don't love the bard, but there are stories about that the bard does that I do absolutely adore. So having an appreciation for the bard meets, you know, eldritch horror meets magical girls, like, why not? And I mean, Costume Quest is in the same boat where it's just, here's a dumb story about kids on Halloween, like, and it's just kids being kids. And you go, yeah, no. Who would have guessed that was a really fun story and I got attached to everybody. Um, 
you know, I do love when people experiment with stuff like that. But yeah, it, it can be very touch and go depending on uh, how it's presented. You know, I wouldn't say necessarily comedy games, but I feel like the indie market could do with more lighthearted RPGs. Well, we've talked about wholesome before and how there is a lot of power in a wholesome game or there's a lot of power in, in a game where it just it takes real life you know issues and kind of unpacks them like for I, as much as i didn't love is it called don't give up i know you liked the game ryan yeah it was one that i had a bit of trouble with I admit, as much as I didn't like the gameplay in that game, the message that the story presents is so valuable and important. And I think when games go that route, and I mean, we can tie this back to Costume Quest. It's the same thing. Bring You need to make a game that makes you connect emotionally. If your connection is laughter, that's fantastic. If your connection is um, a deeper, more emotional thing, that's fantastic too. Um, I'm very happy where we are in the indie realm. And I think we do have games like Costume Quest and Bastion um, to sort of thank for where we are now because they made such short, compact experiences that packed mm. both humor and heart and emotion Um, And I want more games to capture that. And I do think we're in a stage now where people are willing to take those risks and see where they go. And I couldn't be happier with that. I mean, this is how we got games like, you know, Ekenfell and Chicory, um, where just it's they are games that remind you it's okay to have feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to smile. It's okay to like enjoy the absurd. Um, And I really do think we have games like Costume Quest to thank for that, because I think when that game came out, there was such a risk in creating a story about children and Halloween, because I think there was there was definitely a fear where where the gamers were at the time being like, what's this lighthearted nonsense? Um, But that's Costume Quest's power in a lot of ways is it's in its lightheartedness, it's in its humor, it's in its wholesome nature. Um, And it's it's that wonderful reminder that it's it's okay to be a kid again and it's okay to to laugh at crazy things. And video games just often take themselves too damn seriously. So I like that we're now moving out of that phase. I mean, there's still a lot of games that take themselves too damn seriously because we still have the, the bro zone that is, you know, things like COD and, um, you know, those types of games. But you're seeing less and less of that stuff. And we're in a very creative and emotional space right now. And I think, given the, the issues in the world, I think people are kind of exploring that and seeing where it goes. I mean, just the fact that the word cozy game has become a colloquial in the gaming industry recently has said a lot about its power. Absolutely. I mean, well, one, you can market cozy. Of course. Yeah. But the other side of it is, yeah, there is this contingent of the gaming population that is looking for games that are still have a lot of depth but are slower the pace is slower the expectations are slower Mm -hmm. everything is slower i mean i think this is why games like stardew valley stardew valley still have the kind of popularity that they do and it's because it harnesses the power of slow yeah and uh it's definitely something i think 
given how fast the gaming market changes, it's a good reminder of just, you know, taking it easy, not taking things so seriously, and just enjoying what the ride is. Yeah. Um, Slow and accessible. Yes. Because I I can see uh, a younger kid, like um, Matt's kid's age, getting into costume quests and not having many issues. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think my my 10-year-old would uh, do this just fine if it was on Switch. Because as as, as much as I love my big dumb JRPGs, I get tired of them being just nothing but systems. Yeah, I mean... And I sure and I sure grew up on some JRPGs with some big dumb systems. Yeah, you know, endless amount of systems like a Disgaea game where yeah, you can min max all you want, but good luck trying to recommend it to your friend. Well, that's it. Like I think a lot of developers are now looking at this idea of how do we market to children and how do we make games that children would want to play that go beyond the simplicity of things like Mario. I mean, now we have games out there like we have Fae Farm. We have, Mm. you know, I recently played Tunic. I refuse to acknowledge that that's a children's game, despite the fact that it is marketed as a children's game. Um, But there is a lot of companies that are, they are experimenting with ways in which that they can get younger kids involved and get them out of just the tired tropes of Mario. Mm -hmm. And I'm so fascinated about where we are, especially just looking at the RPG sphere, sphere, um, where we're going, because I think it's an interesting place. Yeah. Um, This is why, like, I think we need, again, more games like Costume Quest, because I feel like if I had a child and I was playing a game like Costume Quest with them, I think there would be a lot of fun discussion. And I think there would be, again, there is a simplicity to it that anyone can pick it up and enjoy it. That's one of my beefs, actually, with Tunic, is Tunic is a game where I know it's a Zelda clone, but because it has its own made-up language, it's hard to understand what the expectation is in the game, what I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing next, where I'm supposed to explore. Um, I remember when I was playing it, I was very frustrated because I was like, you've marketed this to children, and yet if I was a small kid, I wouldn't know what the expectation is. And I think setting an expectation of what you want your audience to get out of the out of a game is very important. Mm. If you're making a Zelda clone for kids, then you need to set the expectation of you need to put child logic in it. Mm-hmm. Because if not, they're just going to put it down and go, I don't understand this or I don't like this. And as somebody who deals with children picking games at, the, at my public library, we get a lot of that where just there's stuff in the children's collection and a lot of them just go, I don't like this because I don't understand what it wants me to do. I honestly wonder if the people that marketed that to children were kids our age that grew up with the NES and would rent a game and pretty much be stuck with it the entire weekend, you know? <laughs> so, well, so I, you- I think that, but I think you've nailed it right on the head, Kelly, because the generation of kids that exist now, they don't have what we had where we were kind of stuck with whatever we rented or, yeah. uh, and remember we didn't have guides really mm-hmm. that were accessible to us either. So whatever games we bought at $90 a pop or $80 a pop, we were kind of stuck with. And mm-hmm. I mean, for us, it was great in the sense that, yeah, this is how a lot of us became RP gamers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things where the generation growing up now, they don't have the patience or the attention span for the oh, hell no. 
to yeah. play. And I think when we when we bank on that level of nostalgia and trying to get people into it, I think that's the wrong call because you're yeah. looking at it and going, you're not playing to their generation. You're not playing to their needs and their, you know, the things that are important to them. I think that's why Mario gets away with what it does because Mario doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mario the Elephant. That's the new ele- like the new element, right? Right. I mean, kids today, they, if they buy a video game and they get bored with it, they can either take it back or go download something new on their phone, you yep. know? Yeah. They have way more choice than we did. Yeah. Our choice was p- play the shitty game or watch the 400th rerun of Lassie on Nickelodeon <laughs> or go outside where it's uh, ball melting hot. There's your options. <laughs> I mean, I was de- I was definitely watching plenty of reruns on Nickelodeon as kid. Oh, meet me too. Believe me. I mean, I wasn't yeah. like Lassie. It was it was like Rocco's Modern Life or whatever. You know, a show that had phone sex jokes that all went yes. over our heads. Yeah. Yes. Oh baby. Oh baby, baby. <laughs> The old, that's yeah. always the one I come back to, and the big heads, because the big heads were so inappropriate, and yet they were yeah. so funny. Yes. You see, back in the day when Nickelodeon went off, technically went off air at 7 o'clock in the evening and turned to Nick at night, that's when you got My Three Sons and Mr. Ed. And he was like, okay, well, I guess I'm done with cartoons for the evening. And then on weekends when no kid was around, all they would play was freaking Lassie and Dennis the Menace. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I liked me some good one old one uh, one Saturday morning. I also grew up with a parent who didn't look like they liked X-Men, but that was like our breakfast show before I went <laughs> to school. And she would get mad every time like the episode wasn't about Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all I care about is my ship. And I'm like, I, I realized my mother was more of a fangirl than I would have expected, but she was very, very big on Rogue Gambit. So I became very big on Rogue Gambit. Yeah. This oh, is also same. the same woman who would watch Pokemon and was convinced that Squirtle was the best Pokemon because he had cool sunglasses. When she, when I got older, I had to explain to her, I'm like, you do realize that was the Squirtle Mafia, Mom. Like, they are Yakuza. And my mom would be like, why would the Squirtles be a Yakuza? That's just weird. They just have really cute sunglasses. <laughs> I ruined her life that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she tech- wanted the Squirtle Squad to be not gangsters. <laughs> I was about to say, technically, Squirtle is the medium difficulty because Bulbasaur can take out the first three gyms with pretty, pretty ease. Yeah, versus- I know. I get really upset because my husband says um, that uh, Bulbasaur is for scrubs. <laughs> Um, and I get really upset because Bulbasaur is my baby and we don't speak ill of him. I have like so many Bulbasaur toys <laughs> in my house <laughs> and plushies. Because I love him so much. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's the easy street, okay? He's just freaking adorable. Uh, ask me about my menagerie of meowths or my litany of littons. And now I'm ending up with what? A, a pack of, or not a pack, a, a selection of sprigaditos. I mean, I know we're getting slightly off topic, but I haven't even played Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and I have a Fuecoco toy, (laughs) because I just think the whole Grandma Field comics are just, they sold me on Fuecoco. (laughs) I bite! And I'm just like, yes, you do, boo-boo, you bite. (laughs) 
<laughs> that that's going to be an interesting backtrack in two years. The Scarlet and Violet one. I have a feeling that's going to be a polarizing one. That's only one year away. It's almost been a year since that came out at this point. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Look, yeah, all that matters is Fue Coco is the cutest, and we should all love him because he's most sincere boy. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you, but I, I mean, I've named all he's my... He's cute, too. I've, I mean, I've named all my... Actually, though, you know, I'm not a Pokemon fan, and I still have an opinion on this. I, Look, I've, he has Trump hair. <laughs> no, it's, just, it's not Trump hair. It's JoJo hair. That's what it is. Okay. Does it surprise anybody that I've named all my Sprigadito plushes after uh, slang more terms for weed? No. Not in the slightest, no. So, so yeah, we, we've got Mary Jane and Joint and Blunt and, yeah. But also weed celebrities because I also have Snoop and uh, Willie, too. So, I, I think we're ready for the round table. We've gone way off track track but that's okay it's okay it's, it, it's fun it's fun and these were very very short games so i had a feeling we weren't going to get a complete hour of content out of it but that's fine sometimes it's nice to have shorter backtracks um both of these games 20 bucks on steam like go go buy them and play them and if your computer then can run them because they they're good little games and i can't think of worse better things to spend your 20 dollars on yeah i agree with that yep um, and hope that one day limited run does does a phys- physical edition. Though I I can't imagine they will. They did Psychonauts too, I think, and that's the only double fine I can think of. Mm. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But cute, charming little games. You can't go wrong with them. And we are going to get into our favorite bits about these charming little games after a brief musical interlude. So stick with us. <laughs> Costume Quest 1 and 2, where but now we are getting into the round table where we get into our personal feelings about the game. Uh, what we like, what we don't like, that kind of thing. Um, f- first question, your favorite or funniest moment from the game? I'll go first. Um, okay. I love just, I only played the first one, so... I only got memories from that, but anytime you hit someone with a bucket, I loved seeing what they said. And a lot of times what they said would reflect on what they had said just in normal dialogue. Um, Gosh, I should have written down an example of something like that. Like it it was always funny to talk to them and then hit them with the bucket. And it was like a perfect second line to extend what their dialogue said. Um, But I know one of my favorite ones was towards the beginning of the game. There's a principal doing the bake sale and you hit her and she's like, oh, that's Saturday detention. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, maybe it's just the teacher and me, but I'm like, ah, I I feel like you'd appreciate that one. (laughs) Oh god! I, my favorite. I do. I love that. If when you get, if you give her the cherry pie and then you talk to her afterwards, she'll be like, uh, "Well, it turns out the cherry pie is bad because there's squirrel rabies in it." Oh, <laughs> it's great because you great. actually have you actually have to talk to her after. Like, oh, I didn't do that. I'm trying to think. Um, so, 
Mm. My favorite's the Thomas Jefferson Diplomacy question, too. Just because, again, having a room full of amateur Thomas and Jeffersons is just a thing I didn't know would even exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I personally like the speakeasy bits and this, the second game just because it, you take candy away from the world. People are just going to go underground and sell candy because sweet tooths. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I would probably be the Walter White of the candy underground in that universe. Because damn it, that. I like my candy. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, sweet do. Okay. Uh, ne- next question. What is your favorite costume? Uh, oh. Well, the robot costume is cool. Yeah, so let me tool around town quite fast. Yeah. I also really like... Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah th- that Thomas Jefferson costume is pretty cool. Just because just the special attack is literally just fucking giving him the Declaration of Independence, which causes yep. an explosion. Like, <laughs> why oh, considering, like, considering the violence that that thing fucking caused in the real world. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, in the first game, for usefulness, Statue of Liberty. Yeah. For not usefulness, French Fry. <laughs> <laughs> and in the second game, I would say, just on similar reasons, I would say um, my favorite was hot dog but not because it was useful um but for usefulness yeah i actually didn't use that one much oh it was so useless uh but favorite multi-attack like it sounds cool and then it's just not it's just not um but actual favorite and in terms of usefulness uh it was a toss-up between jefferson and the wizard (laughs) yeah wizard's good yeah wizard i found intensely useful in the first game though favorite just for making me laugh like an like Wait, an what's from the first game? I'm um, sorry, the second game. Yeah, second game. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, um, it's been too long. I don't remember what my favorite costume was in the first game because I played that almost a decade ago. Um, I, I guess I'll just have to watch a let's play and get back with you guys. But second game, like I yeah, wizard for usefulness, but as far is just crack my ass up is the clown because when when it does its ultimate where it heals the party and like carefully drops a banana peel on the floor and then does this huge Chris Farley-esque pratfall and slips on it and then looks at the camera and makes just the most joyous smile I've ever seen on a video game model it it made me laugh like an idiot every time (laughs) Uh, uh, p- people who haven't played the second game, go look up this animation. It is hilarious. Yeah. So the whole time you guys are talking about creepy clown, the clown being creepy, it's like, I actually kind of found that clown to be kind of endearing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, again, it's it's not really an issue with the game. I just personally am not a clown fan. Nope, I get That's it. That's all that is for me. It's more just like, oh, it's creepy. Nope, I get it. Um... <laughs> And it's sort of a twist on the question we asked at the beginning of the show. Um, if you could have any costume that could turn you into what it actually is so that you could fight a battle, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, hmm. Okay, again, using it out of usefulness, I would say I would like to be a wizard. Hmm. But I know myself very well in that I live for the absurd um, I would say maybe unicorn. I make a really cute unicorn. See, I, I also figured that you could also make up your own costume for this, too. Well, if that was the case, then I'm going to be Scangrade the Magnificent. Okay. We're back on either that or the Doom Train. 
<laughs> the train. <laughs> Back on my bullshit, but uh, again, yeah. box-related costumes. Because um, for, for me, I, I, obviously, I would be a cat. I would turn into a giant cat that would call something and then go to sleep. And my <laughs> ultimate would be uh, knocking a whole bunch of stuff off of a shelf and then going <laughs> to sleep. That sounds right. That's what cats do. Yep, that's, moves. that's what my cats do, but I love them. Or, I don't know, I, maybe, I, sorry, oh, maybe my ultimate needs to be a heel where I curl up on you and re- recharge your serotonin. <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility. I'll have to workshop I, this. I would like Stop. to just be a gigantic pirate. I don't know, maybe it's my love of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but pirates, <laughs> they're cool. I want to battle things as a pirate. Mm. And you know, I totally spaced out there for a second when we were talking favorite costume. I didn't even talk about mine. I want to be the Statue of Liberty because of that anthem ability. Um, yeah. Like, going back to Dragon Quest, which in my brain, I always go back to Dragon Quest. Um, one of my favorite abilities to get in Monsters games and anywhere was the Heal Us spell, was what it used to be called. It's I think it's multi-heal now or whatever. But anything that can heal everybody. And that anthem costume ability in the first game that healed everybody. But also the animation was just absolutely ridiculous with the eagle flying and what was it? Um, Abraham Lincoln's face going by and the American flag. It was it, my son just sat behind me for two hours while I was playing. And every time I did that, he'd just like start singing the national anthem. It was hilarious to me. Well, it's the most, like, America thing. Oh, it, it was America. over the top, yes. Oh, over the top America. 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 There we go. America. I've never felt more like a Floridian than when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate Floridian. Um, Ryan, did you say yours? Uh, yeah. I, I, I forgot. I, hmm. Yeah. Just any, <laughs> anything you want to turn into to in a fight. God. God, I would s- got some. F- oh, man. I actually really don't. Hmm. Wait, it's a hard question. Yeah. I tell you what, we'll come back to you when you can, when you think of it. In the meantime, get into our our memories of what we was doing when we was playing this game. <laughs> I, I just remember waking up on Labor Day weekend and starting up Costume Quest, and then Vaughn sending me a message about several hours later. It's like, hey, are you getting hungry for dinner? I'm like, I've really been playing this all day? I thought that this was like a five-hour game. Well, I, I got a little sidetracked trying to find stuff in it, but um, yeah, that that's how I spent my Labor Day, because I think I had finished, <laughs> I had finished either Baldur's Gate 3 or something else that I had been picking at, and was in between games. It's like, you know, if I don't play this today on this free day off, I'm probably not going to play the sequel and i need to because i don't remember the first game even though i bought it and played it and um technically platinum did so uh yeah playing a halloween game on labor day that's my memory well i played it on a very very memorable time in the course of america see like there was this one night in america like a long time ago depending on when you're listening to this podcast, might have been very recently, where the Americans could not decide on raising the national debt limit. So they had to do some fancy stuff, and someone ended up getting like pretty much fired because of that. And it was all that night that I played it. 
<laughs> very recently. I, I sat down. I think I started at like eight o'clock this past Saturday. And I think I finished around, you know, I paused once or twice, get up, get a drink, get something to eat around midnight. And around 2 a.m. I rolled credits. I was like, wow, that that was that kept me fully engaged for six hours. It was a fun game. So, Kelly, just like you, uh, and had it not been two in the morning, I probably would have started up number two and had all the computer problems then, but at least left that on the happy note that night. <laughs> Sam, do you have any memories? Um, Mine were, and I again, I mentioned it during, um, I reviewed these games with Adrian Denouden, um, and writing the reviews for them and making fun of Adrian was probably like my favorite part. On top of just including poor Mac, our, our deceased EIC, in every one of them as a joke. Like, I was, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Milhouse yells, Mom, Bart swearing again. And of course, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> and uh, my favorite bit of the review is literally a moment where I'm like, Mac, tell Adrian he's being like a jerk. And he's like, you guys need to fight this out amongst yourselves. And I'm like, no, I need you to be like my dad energy. So no, that I think that's my best memory. Because again, I, I was the reviewer. Yeah, I, re- I remember reading that review back in the day and thinking that was very adorable. That was when I was a fan. You were a fan You're making of me RPGs. Blush. Now I'm an ascended fan, aka <laughs> a, a staff member. Now you're a gamer. You're not just a fan. You're a gamer. Yeah, yeah. I, for, I forgot the whole RPG fan rivalry thing. My bad. <laughs> the rivalry that then died and never quite ever came back. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you probably only got a day or two. Or if you're listening a day or two from when we post it, I'm on RPG Retro Encounters' latest episode. Give them a listen. Listen to me talk about Dragon Quest. Yay, Dragon Quest! <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> wow, Kelly. Woo. Sorry, I'm, it's I've had a long day. <laughs> she she no is joy. not feeling my uh, Dragon Quest vibe no, I, right I, now. I, I, Dragon no, Quest I feel it. <laughs> I feel it on the inside. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Look, look, when you're going on vacation for two weeks and you got to finish up a ton of crap that you should have hey, been able got, to. <laughs> you got more than my jokes on your uh, plate right now. <laughs> I know. I know. Work is trying to do two weeks of work that should have been done a month ago is, is very stressful when you're getting ready to leave town for half mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, yeah, I will be happy to be away from this PC and across the ocean. And you're going and, to have the best time. Oh, yes. Yes. And, 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 and I think they celebrate Halloween in Japan, too, so you get to see all kinds of cool stuff. Remember to go to Mr. Donut. Okay, Mr. Donut. Mr. Donut has Halloween-themed donuts that are shaped like ghosties, um, mummies, and pumpkins. I remember when I went to Japan, I went at the end of September and I totally got a strawberry frosted uh, pumpkin donut and he had like the happiest grin. So get a pumpkin donut. Also, it's um, sweet potato frap season in Japan. So ah. you can get yourself a sweet potato frap. I don't even like coffee and I drank so many of those. That could be tasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I should go by the time. It, it sounds Yikes. It sounds worse <laughs> than it is. Um, I lived on those, but I oh, I, I should head off for work tomorrow. 
I'm looking at the time and I'm like, oh crap, we're having a great time and this happens every time. Because I also need to make sure Mr. Brew goes out for a pee. Well, I think we've uh, wrapped up our questions here. Um, I, Do a proper did, goodbye. I, I was about to ask, Ryan, did you have any memories oh, yeah. or a, yeah. a costume? I or did, did you want to just call tonight? Oh, actually, he he's not on. I wonder if he oh. had a technical problem. He might have. Um, we'll we'll he, we'll say goodbye on his behalf. Um, th- thank you, Sam. We uh, sh- shuffled some time to get to accommodate you so that you could be on, and I appreciate it because now I can game for a little bit before I go to bed. <laughs> no problem. Instead of just having to go straight to bed. Oh yeah, so, this is great. I <laughs> I I appreciate the accommodation so much, especially because. I love this game, and it was one of the few ones where it was I looked at that I actually played that I was like, I can actually be on that one. Yeah, you, you seem so sad when I had to uh, jigger the schedule around a little bit, because I originally Bloodborne was going to be the first game for Spooky Month, but then I didn't get a chance to play it, and it's like, you know, for the one that I'm not going to be on, I should probably put it to the one I didn't play, yeah. and then switch stuff, and then I was like, oh god, I shouldn't have switched, we're going to lose Sam. No, again, I'm happy to accommodate. It's just the way that Backtrack schedule works now. It's um, the week where I work nine to five on Wednesdays and Thursdays, which right. is not the worst thing. It's just if it's the alternate week, hilariously, I'm off Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, it's it's weird timing. And that's OK. Like, I just appreciate even like just starting an hour early was just enough. Nope, no worries. That's why we kind of start when we did to give some flex time e- either way. So well, that it works. I appreciate that everyone was able to be on, um, and so I could chat with everyone. It was great. So oh, thank th- you. And, and and thank you for being on. Th- thank you, Ryan, for being on wherever you may be in the ether. You know, you're always welcome. And of course, th- thank you to the person that I could not do this without, Matt, my co-host. Oh, well, the, the Raynal to your Ren. Yep. I, I I deal with the epilogue. You're all prologue. <laughs> <laughs> But we couldn't make it without one, both of those. Yeah, and so I'm going to be gone, so I'm essentially putting Chris in charge of the posting next uh, for next show, which which okay. is going to be Bloodborne. Ooh, um, Bloodborne! Man, I I really wanted to get in get to this one, but I played a lot of kind of downer games this year. <laughs> and it's like yeah. I, I need to play something cute. I don't want to play Eldritch Horror Dark Souls. <laughs> no, nah, that's understandable. Alright, I'm gonna head off because I gotta get make sure Brew goes out because we also gotta get Willow out for a pee. But okay. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Kelly, enjoy your trip and Matt, we'll make fun of each other in staff chat. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's uh, fine. Good, yep. Goodbye, we'll audience. Thank thank you for your time. Goodbye, everybody else, and we shall see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.